This is the AM640 Afternoon Drive Show on Talk Radio. AM640. Right now, I want to talk about something that happened last week in the city. One of the city's most notorious killers, Tyshawn Riley, returned to Toronto last week to attend the visitation for his late father at a West End funeral home at St. Clair and Dufferin. There were police cars and heavily armed emergency task force officers there. And really, Corrections Canada wasn't saying who was out. Because, you know, there's some privacy around that. And so they refused to say it was confirm or deny that it was indeed him coming from a maximum security uh, prison where he is kept in in Quebec. Um, After he went away to prison for life for uh, killing uh, one man and uh, shooting another man in broad daylight. Uh, Basically, uh, he was the leader of a group called the Galloway Brothers or the Galloway uh, Boys. And they they, along with the Malvern gang uh, basically held the city hostage about 12 years ago in different areas. They were rival gangs and they would, uh, by all accounts, they would go out and when they were bored, they would go out looking for rival gang members to make sure that they knew whose territory and turf they were on and that they didn't stay on that. Uh, In the process of uh, doing this, they came across Leonard Bell and his friend Brenton Charlton, who were just driving in their car on one day, March 2004, and decided, uh, they look like they're uh, in a rival gang. Maybe we should um, open fire. Uh, Leonard Bell joins us on the phone right now. Leonard, I appreciate you being here. Not a problem. How are you? I'm fantastic. I can't imagine what you feel like finding out that this man who almost took your life, took the life of your friend uh, 12 years ago, has you know changed your life. Um, in in ways that most of us can't even fathom, is out and saying, you know, paying his last respects to his father. I am very surprised at the actions of the authorities who are in charge of making these decisions, whether or not a criminal is um, let out on the street to do whatever he's going out there to do. Now, when it comes to me, who is paying a very high bracket of taxes, and this is the way my tax dollar is being used, it is appalling to me. Home to the fact that I am one of his victims, not, not the only one. I'm just one of his victims because he has multiple murder charges against him. Yeah, he wasn't, he, they actually decided not to try him on all of the murder charges. Is that correct? Um, that is what I learned earlier. What I thought early on, a few years ago, I thought that he went back to court on those, those murders, on those charges. I want to ask you if we could just to go back a bit to uh, March 2004, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about your story and what exactly happened that day to give us an idea of, you know, what it would be like to be in your shoes to find out that this man uh, was getting out to pay his last respects. What happened to you on that day? March 4th, 2004, I was asked to do a job for a client of mine who happens to be Brenton Charlton's mother. Um, they picked me up from home. And uh, I went to their place after a couple of stops, went to her place, and I did some weatherproofing to her home for her. Because you're a renovator. Uh, yes, that's mm-hmm. what I do for a living. I do um, building construction and renovations. And after having, um, like, we had breakfast, we had lunch, and um, the, the, um, Brenton's mother went to work. And he said to me, um, you'd love to get a line of credit or a loan because he's having some financial challenges and he'd like to help out around the home more. Being the person that he is, kind-hearted, good kid, good kid. No one could ask for a better son. And I said, okay, I will take you to see an associate of mine and um, he will get you a line of credit. 
we went to from Scarborough to Markham to see um, a then manager of a President's Choice Financial. He got him a $50,000 line of credit. We were happy about it on our way back. Southbound on Nielsen as we got to Finch, where the black SUV came up on the right-hand side of the vehicle and opened fire. I looked over to my left side to see what was happening with um, Brenton. He, was, he had already tried to get out, get out of the car, fell on the ground. Um, he was laying on the ground when I looked over. The shots were still being fired. I was slumped over the dashboard, and I saw one person run around to the side where Brenton is on the ground, shot, um, shot him on the ground, came back around to get back in the back, the back passenger side of the vehicle, the back driver's side of the vehicle. The driver yelled something to him, and he just stepped back, and put his gun in the car, and shot me in the head. So once he did that, he jumped in the vehicle, and they sped off. The car was in the Bunyang, rolled across the street. Luckily, the TTZ driver that was there, and never, ever got to meet that guy. He just like, pulled out from the bus stop and turned the bus slightly across the street so the oncoming vehicle would not run into the car I was in. This was it, it came to a stop on the curb. Wow. In broad daylight. And this is this is um like um before five. It was like four four thirty, four forty five. And there were like kids getting off the buses, um people were just commuting from their businesses and from school at that time of the evening. Um there's a church on the corner, people were going and coming from there as well. And Next thing I know, I saw a gentleman running toward me with a gun in his hand. <laughs> and I said, okay. He came up to me and he said, I'm a police officer. Do you know what happened? I said, I think I've been shot. He said, okay. He How many times were you shot, Leonard? I was shot nine times. Wow. And I'm currently living with four bullets in my left lungs. And after numerous amount of visits to, the, to different specialists and doctors, they determined that I'm safer. It's better for me to live with them than to try to remove them because it might cause further damage. I have a large scar tissue on my left lung, which is resting between the rib and the lung, and the bullets are rest- some of the bullets are resting there. So I'm in constant pain. I have this numbing, numbing pain in my left side that's constant. It never stops. How do you work as a renovator now? I, it's, it's very testing for me, very trying for me to work as a renovator. Things I could do on my own, I now have to hire guys to do. Um, I don't lift anything. I can't lift anything. I could, I'm one person who could pick up four sheets of drywall at once. Now I can't take up a half. I have to have guys working with me who does that. I get, I have respiratory problems as a result of the lung being damaged. Um, right now, I'm doing a job that I have a very good friend of mine. We have known each other from kindergarten days, and he's the one who is helping me out now. I have um, I hire guys, I subcontract out, and oftentimes when I try to do things on my own, I end up losing jobs because the one of the main problem I have from this incident is in the mornings when I sleep at night, it's as if my lungs collapses. So when I get up in the mornings, I have difficulty breathing. I have respiratory problems along that line where I have to wait, do some breathing exercises and wait on my body 
to start functioning before I can get out of bed. Psychologically, I mean, physically, obviously, it has had a massive impact on your life, this uh, attack. It was a random attack, uh, or at least uh, you guys were not involved in anything. It was random on your end. They thought you were somebody else. It was a mistake case of mistaken identity. That doesn't make any better it any better it was it was in cold your friend was shot in cold blood the horrible 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 situation um but you know what does it do to you psychologically like when you're driving a car now if a black suv comes up beside you i i wouldn't what do you think um for for quite a while and it has reduced now it's not as stringent as before even people be in the car with me, passengers, and they'll be watching me and like, why do you always look at everyone that comes up beside us? I said, it's just, um, it's just my response. So wherever I am, I get to, a, it doesn't matter the neighborhood where I am. I'm always paying attention. I'm more vigilant now than I've ever been. Paying attention to any vehicle that comes my way, that comes up beside me. And it doesn't have to be suspicious. It just has to come in my, come in my view. And I am aware of it. Leonard, can I get you to stick around for just a minute? I want to come back and I want to ask you how you feel about Tyshan uh, Riley being allowed to visit his dad's uh, funeral. Uh, if you don't mind hanging around, we'll come right back for that. Definitely. Appreciate it. It's March 2004, Leonard Bell was driving with his friend Brenton Charlton, just stopped at a red light. Kids getting out of school buses. There were people coming out of church. It was a very busy intersection. A black SUV pulls up beside him and just open fires. Uh, his his friend is killed at, on the scene. He is shot nine times, living with four bullets in his lungs. His life has changed in so many ways. Uh, one of the killers was Tyshawn Riley, and he was released. He's a notorious killer. He was, the, I guess, the leader of the Gall- Galloway Boys uh, back 12 years ago, and he's serving life in prison. Uh, he was the guy that was let out of uh, the Quebec prison last week to go uh, pay his respects at a West End funeral home uh, for his father who had passed on. And uh, Leonard Bell's with us on the line right now. Leonard, your story is uh, so vivid and incredible, and it's just it's mind-boggling how someone who shoots uh, two people in cold blood like that, uh, a cold-blooded killer who, you know, has been charged with other crimes, uh, shooting other people, uh, is allowed to go and pay his respects for his father that's passed on. How do you feel about it? I am really appalled at the actions of the um, Corrections Canada. They, with no regard whatsoever for the victims of this guy's crime, he's a serial killer. He has murdered numerous innocent people. He has shot and wounded numerous others. And he is allowed to be having these kinds of privileges at the cost to taxpayers in this, in, the, in this city, which I think is totally unfair, totally unreasonable. And the police officers are particularly who are subjected to be working alongside to prevent security for this guy, and when they need a raise of pay, they have to fight for it. But there is enough money to allow these criminals the luxury of being transported to and for, for whatever reason it is. Any other reason other than court proceedings or transfer from one prison to another, these animals should not be allowed this kind of privilege.
since he has been incarcerated, I have learned that he was uh, he has been married while in prison. Yes, he he's now fathering twins while in prison. What kind of a correction system is running this country? I, I'm, I'm so ashamed of the way that the Canadian, the Canadian correction system is running. It, it's, a, it's a disgrace. The Prime Minister, he said this, I'm going to quote him here, I have a high degree of trust and confidence in our justice system, and I think it's extremely important that our federal politicians or politicians in general don't meddle with the process of our independent judiciary. What do you say to that? I would agree with uh, Mr. Trudeau, because our Prime Minister, maybe he wasn't aware of everything that was happening in this case. So I would say leave the Prime Minister out of it. The people we need to be talking to to get answers from is from the Ombudsman, the the Attorney General. These are the people, the head of the Correction Canada. These are the people who need to answer for this kind of travesty. Because when you spend taxpayers' dollar in this manner, it shows complete disregard. It's a blatant disregard for hardworking people who is providing the funds that is required to secure us, pay for our health care, pay nurses, pay doctors, pay police officers, pay corrections officers, pay teachers. And these people have to fight to get a raise of pay that is due to them. And we can be affording to spend that kind of money on criminals. It is totally appalling. Leonard, it speaks to your character. I mean, you're, you're living with four bullets in your lungs still. You lost a friend, uh, you know, 12 years ago. It speaks to your character when this actually, you're not making this about you. You're not saying, you know, like, oh, it makes, you know, it, it upsets me because he did this to me. You're making it about uh, wasting taxpayers' money and about other services the taxpayers could get for their money. I think that says that so much about your character. You know, I think it's also interesting and in, in kind of bizarre that you spotted the uh, heavy police presence around that I, funeral procession, uh, procession that last week while you're going to a hardware store. I saw the police presence and I was, I was a little taken as to what was really happening. I didn't, I didn't know what it was all about. And uh, I passed through, I saw the ETF officers, I saw the Toronto police, I saw all the activities. I drove by, I went to the Home Depot, got some material, I came back, and the, the, they were still there. So I know that they, were, they got there when I was passing, they were still there when I was passing back. So the following day is when I got a call from a friend to tell me that this is what was happening there. I said, I drove through that yesterday. Wow. And she said to me, yeah, Tyshawn Riley was granted um, a real temporary release to go visitation with his, to visit his father, to pay his respects to his deceased father. I said, she, she said to me, but did you know that his father was also um, in, in some crime, criminal activities? I said, no, I did not know that. So, our justice system is allowing one criminal or escorting one criminal to go to another criminal's viewing, whether it's his father or not. And this is not really all about me because I know this guy has hundreds of victims. Are you not worried about speaking out like this, Leonard? Worried about what? I'm a born-again child of God who who believes in Christ, and I have nothing to fear. 
Well, Leonard, I appreciate you joining us on the show today. Your story is incredible. And as they say, uh, you're a stand-up guy because most people would be, you know, talking about how they feel as a victim. And you are right now standing up for taxpayers saying, can we stop wasting our money? You're an admirable, incredible human being. And I appreciate you taking the time to tell us a story that, quite frankly, is uh, I I would uh, accept the fact if you never wanted to speak of it again. I, I I really don't mind because I might I might I myself might even be doing a full tell all video and place that on YouTube for the world to see. All right, because well this this is the this is the extreme. This, this I think this event takes it to the extreme. This guy can be in prison making music, doing doing recordings. He he can be there getting married. He can be being transported on the heavy police presence there's a lot of taxpayers dollars going into this guy and i will say this if you will allow me if people want to get a view a, a complete view into the type of person that Tyshawn Riley is just read the book bad seeds written by betsy powell read that book and you'll get a full insight on the character the type of person that he is leonard i appreciate you joining us on the show today you're welcome. Have a good, have a blessed day. You too. That's so. Leonard Bell. Uh, he is uh, one of the people that actually survived that shooting, May the fourth, uh, two thousand and four, uh, in broad daylight. And uh, he's, you know, he's alive to tell the tale. But it's certainly a shocking tale. The AM six forty afternoon drive show. Listen live weekday afternoons from four till seven on AM six forty, or download the app at six forty Toronto.com.